is. Assume the crash position. Hold on tight. Take a deep breath. For your favorite podcast, it's the Wind Perspective. Now enjoy the show. This podcast is supported by you. Please go to patreon.com slash the root perspective and become a patron today. It keeps the show running, makes me happy, and you know you want to make me happy. You can also follow the podcast on various social media sinkholes, Instagram at the root perspective, Twitter, root perspective, and facebook.com slash root perspective. And now time for the show. Welcome. Welcome back. <sighs> I know. I've said this plenty of times on the previous episodes of this show. Um, and I have no excuse, honestly, at this point. Life sucks. My procrastination is trash. But 2021 being what it is, and all of us, well, those who did survive 2020, we need to do better for ourselves. And this is one way I'm doing better for myself. So, welcome to episode 14 of the Root Perspective Podcast with your lovable benefactor, Phil, your lovable host, your lovable asshole, all the titles and misnomers that I can give myself. <laughs> but I want to thank everyone who's either asked me about this podcast in the past year, who reached out to me wondering why I stopped, if I was going to keep going. There has been a lot of you know, thoughts and ideas that I have in regards to this podcast's future. And hopefully I can keep with that path and that focus and keep moving forward. That being said, let's begin the show. Now, a couple um, housekeeping things I want to go over. First, I will be redoing the intro for the next couple episodes. The intro will be as trash as it sounds. It's the same intro I've been using for maybe the past two episodes or something like that. I will record, well, re-record new intros just to make it a little, you know, smoother. Oh, excuse me. Have it sound a little better. Uh, this will still be a train wreck of a podcast when it comes to editing. I do very little editing on my episodes. If you're here, I do try to eliminate like dead space and shit. And the new setup I have makes things a little bit easier. Actually, a lot easier when it comes to recording. Um, better microphone stand, better setup, better apps I'm using. Because remember, I use an iPad to record this, which, believe it or not, is very easy to do. I know it seems daunting because you're thinking, hey, I want to start podcasting. I need a computer. I need a laptop. I need a streaming kit, this, that, and that. No, none of that. Get an iPad. Get a decent app that works for you, that the interface works for you. And this one works perfectly fine. I even have a soundboard because sometimes I say clever things and I need some applause. As you can hear right now. Now, how do I begin? 2020 in general was a very difficult year for most of the world. For me specifically, it was a trying time when it came to focus and my own mental health and well-being and I want to touch base on that a little bit because this podcast is a conversational podcast it's about talking about shit that's happening talking about things that's on my mind hearing from you guys occasionally if you guys reach out and 
topics or questions that you want to discuss. And the one topic I did receive from my cousin actually was about operating within this pandemic, um, working during this pandemic and all this shit. Luckily for me, I was only furloughed uh, maybe for a month or two during the pandemic. Um, I started working again relatively quickly. I switched jobs, actually, during the pandemic, um, which was interesting to say the least. But at the end of the day, I kept myself relatively healthy and safe in regards to COVID until the last day of 2020, where my sister um, unfortunately tested positive for COVID which prompted me to go get tested as well because we live um, in the same house. So going to uh, CityMD to get the test was a little nervous, nerve-wracking, I should say, because I didn't think I had COVID. There was a possibility, obviously, being that my sister got um, a positive test result and being in such close proximity with her for so long, I was like, hmm, hopefully I don't have it. And then I was worried that either I gave it to my mother or my mother gave it to us because she works with, um, she's a in-home nurse, basically. And she might have received it from a client or multiple clients, who knows, but there was fear there. And then me hanging out with my best friend most of the pandemic, I was worried I gave it to her. So I'm sitting in the waiting room after they texted me back. Well, actually, let's go to the beginning of the testing story because that was that's an interesting story. <laughs> so I wake up at around 7 a.m. to go to uh, a city MD relatively close to my house. There's one closer, but I was a little bit more worried I wasn't going to be able to get in depending on how long the line was. As funny as it is, I kept up with the news, seeing how testing was going throughout the whole year. And... I knew about long lines. I knew about um, people waiting hours just to get tested. And I was not looking forward to this. Not to mention, I have work that day, you know, and I was not looking forward to go to work, but I wanted to go to work because clearly I have bills to pay and they don't care if I have COVID. So I go to the city MD, get there early. And it's raining. And my stupid ass head, because I can be very stupid at times, did not think about getting a regular jacket or even a fucking umbrella to go with me. I wore a regular hoodie and went to the CNUD and saw this line around the building before they even opened. I'm just like, fuck. Okay, Maybe they're quick with it. Maybe they're just doing rapid testing because I did check on their website and they do offer rapid testing as well as the ability was called the PCR test. And I was like, I just need a rapid test because I want to know if I'm positive. Even if it's like a false positive, I'd rather know there's a possibility because then I could quarantine immediately. So I'm like, shit, what am I do? I circle around to find parking. That was the other issue. Found parking. And in my defiance, I'm just like, this line is already ridiculous. I'm going to wait a little closer to when they open before I go sit in line, especially seeing that I don't have a raincoat, I don't have a jacket, I don't have a, an umbrella. So 
Um, I go with maybe 30 minutes before they open, get to the back of the line, which luckily for me didn't get much longer from when I first got there and waiting. Somebody gets behind me and after like 30 minutes sitting in line, getting drenched, <laughs> like basically risking getting pneumonia to get tested for COVID, the guy behind me offers to text me when we get closer to the door so I don't have to stay in the rain. And I'm just like, dude, thanks so fucking much. I like, I appreciate that immensely. So I gave him my number. He gave me his. I go back to my car. I'm sitting in my car for maybe another 20 minutes when he texts me that the staff comes out and says that they've taken all the names that they will take for the day and they're not doing any more tests. I'm like, fuck. Because now I'm screwed. I'm not going to risk anyone at my job getting COVID from me, even though I don't have a positive test because I am around, I have been around my sister. So I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? So I decided to go check out the CDMD that's closer to my house and the one that I didn't originally want to go to because I was worried about them being busy seeing as they're situated in a more populous area. Get there and they're still taking names down for the next hour. I'm just like, fuck yes. I speed over there, get in line. The line was literally one person before me and I put my name down on the list and they'll text you to come back once um, it's close to your time. Cool. Bet. I go home. I chill. Um, talking to my sister, talking to my friend, and slowly like drifting in and out of sleep. Like fuck. I hope I don't fall asleep waiting for this appointment. I get the text message to that I have thirty minutes to arrive. SDMD, and <laughs> by the grace of whatever God you believe in, I wake up with 15 minutes left to go within that text message. And I'm like, holy shit. I literally jump out of bed, throw my sneakers on, grab my hoodie, rush to my car, drop my keys on the way to the car, pick them up, get to the car. And I'm just like, fuck, driving, speeding. Um, Of course there's traffic. Of course there's backup. It's raining. People are stupid when it comes to driving in the rain. I fucking hate it. Um, So... I finally get there. I think shit. It's I literally get there 34 minutes after when I get the text. Luckily for me, it was like a precautionary 30 minutes. So there was still like six people waiting before me to get tested. So I sit in the uh, lobby of this place, just dreading having to get this test, worried about the, the results. Uh, I've been tested before in the past or in the summer and that was fine. So I know the procedure of, you know, cotton swab and your nose and shit. And I get there. Well, not get there. I'm already there. Obviously I sign in, sit down and I start to get a cough. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> it's like every, uh, funny meme you hear about, Oh, coughing in public and everyone thinking that you have COVID. That's exactly what's going through my mind. I'm like, shit. Everyone's in here is gonna think I have COVID. And, you know, long story short, I did. So that confirmed my fears and suspicions. But I'm just like, shit, I gotta control this cough. I don't want people freaking out around me. Even though everyone 
if you're at a CBMD, obviously there's you're sick with something. So there's a there's a um general assumption that you're not just sitting there healthy as hell. So they have some water. I grab some water just to clear my throat. I go to the bathroom just to get a good cough because it was mostly just a dry throat. I, I, I didn't have any phlegm or chest congestion to actually be coughing up. So they call a group of us up. They, put, they separate us into, um, um, what do you call those rooms in a doctor's office? Uh, a patient, whatever, a room to get tested or whatever. And the nurse comes in and I explain to her why. And obviously I understand what she's doing. She's trying to, um, cause she's basically telling me that it's a little too soon for me to get tested because I told her that my sister just got her positive test the day before. And I'm like, well, she got it the day before, but she got tested three days prior. So, and we live in the same house. She's like, well, it might still be a little bit too soon to get tested. We can give you the uh, PCR test, which takes about three to five days. I think for them, it's five to seven days to get the results back. I'm just like, I can't do that because best case scenario, I don't have COVID, but I have to wait seven days at home before I can get that test result. And that sucks because if I get the test result that proves that I'm negative, that means I miss five to seven days of work for no reason. Granted, yeah, there's a precaution there, but if the precaution doesn't need to be taken, I can't afford that. You know, I need to work. So I'm explaining to her, you know, that most likely or now we got it from our mother because she had some type of cold-like symptoms the week prior. So she's like, okay, well, we can give you the the fast test if you want. We're trying to conserve those because um, they're in limited quantity but we can get you that test. And then if that test proves negative, we'll give you the PCR test. It's like, okay, perfect. Sounds good. So takes my blood pressure. Blood pressure is high, but I always have high blood pressure when I'm at a doctor's office for a specific reason. If I'm stressing, my blood pressure is going to go high. Thanks. Blame my father. It's his genetic traits for that. All my siblings do the same thing. So take the test. And I guess I, I assumed that she would give it to the doctor to get tested or they would take it to a different room to get tested. But I think she tested it right then, then and there. And she stepped out. She's like, okay, let me, I'm going to step out. I'm going to go to the doctor. Um, give us a moment. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm just sitting there nose feeling tingly. If you ever take the uh, COVID test, you know how your nose feels after that. Just ugh, feels violated. <laughs> so the doctor comes in and automatically I could tell cause he comes back in with the nurse and automatically I could tell that there's something a little off because he's keeping away from me, which, you know, with social distancing, completely understandable. And he's like, so we're not going to give you the PCR test cause the positive, the fast, the rapid test um, came positive. And as soon as he said that, I'm just like, fuck, because COVID living during this pandemic, one thing that we don't really talk about when it comes to COVID is a sense of feeling that it's like a sexually transmitted disease. And now I have to go in my mind, think of everyone I've come in close contact with that, you know, non-social distanced or without a mask or anything. And it's like, have that talk and then have that fear that, Hey, you like, I exposed you no matter. And no matter if it was unintentioned, unintentionable what's wrong with my english today unintentionable um 
there's still a feel of guilt there that like shit i put you in harm's way and let's be let's be above the board and completely honest the rate of surviving this is extremely high extremely high like shit our dumbass president overweight geriatric very very uh variably variably verifiably verifiably yeah i know words <laughs> verifiably retarded you know i'm sorry can't use the word retarded that is offensive he's stupid survived it giuliani hair dyed dripping smearing snot over his face giuliani survived it so i already know that anyone i really came in close contact with will survive it because i don't deal with um elderly people almost at all unless i'm at work and that's not even that often so the rate of survival is high i'm not really worried about me suffering or dying from this i'm not worried about my sister suffering or dying from this um and i'm not worried about my friends really but i i'm not going to just assume that they wouldn't still want to worry and that's going to make me feel bad so i'm like shit so they give me the letter to give to my employer well my boss to let him know hey um even though i've i run basically my store slash kiosk and I have employees who can work, so I'm not worried about the the play, um, I'm not worried about the kiosk, uh, being unmanned. It's just you know, there's only two of there's only three of us working there. That means the other two of us have to pick up the slack, and one of my guys is useless. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck, okay. So I send him the email I received proving the uh, positive test, and he's like, he he himself's like, fuck. Damn, I hope you feel better. I hope nothing happens. I'm like, no, I'm good. Don't worry. I already talked to the guys. They already know what they need to do. They already know how to take care of everything in my absence. I'll be back on the 11th. We'll be good to go. So, after I sent him that, I called my best friend. She was worried. She, you know, she's concerned. I love her to death. She does, you know, obviously she's just concerned. And with her job specifically, she deals with a lot of homeless population in New York. So, she would not be able to go to work at all. And she was obviously devastated and she was upset, which made me upset because it's like, damn, I didn't want to put you through this, but it is what it is. So she go gets tested the following day. She comes out negative. She's good. So we're happy. But the unfortunate, um, the unfortunate side effect of this whole COVID thing is my mother's reaction to it. And when I mean unfortunate, it's not that it's sad. It's not that she was scared per se. She's obviously worried. She's my mother. It's just that God, the doting, the medicate, the, the old Haitian remedies and medications that she forced down my throat to save me slash cure me from COVID was exhausting it was infuriating it was goddamn annoying i love her but fuck <laughs> like i can't even tell you everything that she's giving me obviously she gave me vitamins which is highly important she gave me this bitter ass fucking tea 
every day. And I'm just like, oh, I'd rather die at this point. And yes, I can be a very morbid and I can over-exaggerate, but no, I wanted to die. I, I just, I'd rather COVID take me than drink this, this, these concoctions, these backwoods, bushwitch concoctions. There was this one thing where it was like, it's onions, diced onions, garlic, ginger, mashed into like a sort of water liquidy paste and then you just you just eat it straight i'm just like, oh thinking about it right now it's just she made this um like this v8 essentially it's she calls it juice so it is juice obviously but basically it's tomato juice or whatever gross it's it's thicker than it needs to be like i had a little cup of it the first day she gave me and i'm just like i'm not drinking this i'm just not mentally prepared to drink this and i left it in uh, on my desk in my room and literally maybe three hours later it thickened into um past the consistency of applesauce like it was mush it was not even mush because mush is more liquidy than that it was fruit and vegetable paste and i was just like oh gross so i dealt with i had to deal with that for almost two weeks and i'm still regretting it so me and my sister started brainstorming and my best friend started brainstorming about, you know, when or where I might've gotten infected, um, including my sister, cause we might've gotten infected at the same time and basing my symptoms on when it could have happened. So I came to realize that before Christmas, I must've gotten infected because around the 23rd or 22nd of December, I started I, it must have been the initial symptoms because I remember waking up one day. I remember waking up one day and feeling a little off. Like I had a sore throat. Um, I had a cough and I was getting migraines, which I normally suffer from migraines. It's just that they're very inconsistent. Um, now that I'm older, they're not as uh, prevalent. I get them maybe twice a year. If that, uh, definitely at least once a year, I get a migraine and I know how to deal with it, but two migraines in less than a three day interval. And then I got a third one about five days after that. I was just like, okay, I'm definitely fighting something. Cause then I was waking up, my skin was tingly, which I know, which normally means I'm fighting off a cold or some type of infection. Never did it occur to me that it might've been COVID. I just thought, okay, I'm just dealing with it. Popped like four ibuprofen, drank orange juice, which that's like, that's my personal um, common cold cure. Like I do that for two days, I'm done. And then the cough was annoying from the sore throat, but there was no issue with my chest, no issue with my breathing. I wasn't having shortness of breath. There was no real fatigue. It just, well, I deal with fatigue on a daily basis because I barely sleep. <laughs> so... I couldn't chalk up fatigue to the sickness either. And I'm working. And then funny enough, I feel like it was like God or the world trying to give me a message saying, Hey, you have COVID because that same week, my, one of my, well, my best employee called out because he came in close contact with his sister-in-law who 
tested positive for COVID. Luckily for him, he tested negative. It's just that he had to wait. He didn't have to. He chose to. He waited till Monday to get tested, and he told me he had to get tested on Thursday. So he waited till, no, Friday, I'm sorry. So he waited till Monday to get tested, which made me work the whole weekend. And that following week, which is the week I got COVID up surprisingly, or most likely because that's when my symptoms started. So I was working through my symptoms um, and I felt fine. I just had whatever those symptoms I told you about. But other than that, I was able to work. My mind was clear. Everything was fine. It's just that I think that was God's way of telling me, hey, you have COVID. You should get tested. And no, I just chilled and sat. So with that timeline is correct, that means that based on my positive test, I had almost three weeks of quarantine, fake quarantine. I call it fake quarantine because that first week counts, I wasn't quarantining. You know, I was working, which, you know, is, I guess, a downside or a missed opportunity of this disease or this infection or whatever you want to call it, this virus that you might have gotten infected. But until you have symptoms, you don't really know. And if you're not anal or you're constantly checking to make sure you're not positive, you could just think you have an average cold. And maybe that's just me being naive, which I can be. But I thought I just had an average cold. So. My going back to the original topic, which is my cousin's question to my Instagram post, how has it been working and functioning as well? Her, she went specifically as a black man during a pandemic. I can't say it was much different with my job. I work retail. So as long as the job is open, my job is the same. Dealing with people during a pandemic is annoying because I dealt with more people who want to wear a mask. Not a problem. Because let's be honest, wearing a mask is not an issue. If you're bitching about wearing a mask, you'd bitch about anything. Like, let's be completely honest. You're a fucking idiot. Wear the goddamn mask. <laughs> like, It's a simple mask. I work retail. I'm wearing a mask way longer than you are. And I'm not complaining about it. You wear it just to come into the store and then leave. You're not driving with it. No one's telling you to drive with the mask on. No. So dealing with people wearing masks was not the problem. The issue is people do not understand what social distancing is. Social distancing means keep away. And that's the one thing no one really wanted to do. <sighs> These people would be all up on me. And I'm just like, can you please step back? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And then you'll get those people who's like, I can't hear you or not not even that they want to speak in the same register, (laughs) the same decibel point that they would speak as if they were close to me. You realize with distance, you should speak up a little because then I'll be able to hear you better. And I have great hearing. Trust me. I have great hearing, but you're speaking as if one, you don't have a mask on Two, you're next to me. You are six feet away from me, if not more, because I like a little bit more distance from you. And normally speaking, because I'm an asshole, I am an asshole. I'd rather you be away from me, even without COVID. I don't want you that close. I don't want to be able to smell you. I don't care if you have the best perfume, cologne in the world. I don't want to smell you. I don't. So they don't want to speak louder. They want to act like they can't hear me at all. And I have a, I have a 
commanding voice. When I speak, you can hear me because I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a shallow speaker. If you ever know me in person, I know how to project my voice. <laughs> so working in the pandemic, you're dealing with people who don't want to social distance. You're dealing with the rare people who don't want to wear a mask, who the topic of conversation is ah, the masks, ah, this virus. I'm like, Hey, we've been dealing with this for almost a year. I don't want to have the conversation with you. I, I don't understand how you can consistently have the same conversation. I understand it's small talk. Let's small talk about something completely different. Let's small talk about, oh, you have you seen the prices of milk? Like, let's talk about that. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to consistently talk about COVID. Clearly, I know you've been wearing the masks for six months. Shut up. Like, please shut up. Working through a pandemic is annoying because people only want to talk about the fucking pandemic. If I wanted to, I'd watch CNN. Like, I, like literally, I would watch CNN if I wanted to hear about the pandemic 24 fucking 7. Like, shit. I'm sorry I'm going on a rampage or a rant, but, hey, if you're new to this podcast, this is what I do. I rant. <laughs> I talk a lot. And it's a fascinating situation that we've all found ourselves when it comes to... I, you know what? I give a lot of respect and pride to people, not pride. I give a lot of respect <laughs> to people who are living their lives during this pandemic as if nothing has changed. And I don't mean introverts. No, I mean people who are acting as if this pandemic is nothing. Still going, doing about, going about their lives, doing whatever they do. Because you have my respect on your level of disconnect with society. Because regardless of the fact that most of the people who die from this are elderly, they're still human beings, you know? I can understand opening up the world and protecting the elderly, but you're not going to do that. Let's be completely honest about that. You're not going to. You're not going to open up the economy and say, oh, we're going to open up the restaurants. People do what you got to do. Social distance, maybe. Uh, Restaurants, do what you want to do. Um, supermarkets do what you want to do bars do what you're going to do but let's protect the old people how how that's that's not how society works you know like that's not how fucking society works people are not going to be able to protect old people while also doing the fuck they want now, most of the elderly people in my family are far removed from where I'm living. So luckily for, for me and them, I don't have to worry about much about where I'm going and infecting them. I don't have to. Does that mean I don't get to get see great aunts and uncles? Yeah. Even though they may be less worried about it because one thing, if you don't know Haitians, they're stubborn as fuck. <laughs> and sooner or later, they're just not going to care. And it's just like, okay, that's fine. But I care. You know, I don't want that on my conscience that you got sick at all. Even if I had nothing to do with it, it's not going to be on my conscience. Okay. So stay your ass at home. I'll say my ass at home unless I know for a fact I am negative. Now, seeing as I have COVID, well, I don't have COVID technically anymore. I'm not contagious any longer, but seeing as I have like a three month immunity, I'm going to be a fucking monster. I'm going everywhere. I'm going to start coughing on people who don't want to wear a mask. 
I'm going to start like touching people who want to act like social distancing doesn't mean anything. And I was like, yeah, I tested positive for COVID right before New Year's. Cause, oh, <laughs> funny thing about this story is that I tested positive New Year's Eve. So any plans I had to spend with my best friend on New Year's Eve was thrown out the window. We had made plans, you know, just hang out, pop a bottle of champagne, watch something stupid, <laughs> play with her cats. Like, I had plans for that, and then getting that unfortunate result sucked. But now that I have, like, a two-month fake immunity, because who knows if I'm really immune, I'm going to wild out. I'm going to prove to people that you are being fucking idiots. All right? Fucking idiots. <sighs> I mean, I've spoken enough about COVID this episode. I'm, I'm done. I'm not, because this is not the COVID episode. But we're not going to stop talking about idiots. We're going to talk about what happened this week in our great nation's capital. Now, I am proud to be an American citizen. I, I know it sounds weird hearing a black man say that. No, I'm not the Candace Owens of the world or the Terrence K. Williams of the world where I will shuck and jive and lick the boots of American imperialism and believe that we are the greatest country on the planet. God bless America, you know? You know, I love this country because of the opportunities I have here, The my family that was able to come over here because we come from a poor country, my, you know, my parents do. And I know what they went through. <laughs> it's a testament to the wonder of this country and the beauty of this country that my mother would not retire in Haiti. My father's a little different. He will go back. My mother would not retire in Haiti and she, and I understand why, you know, from coming from a poor country and me have going there when I was younger, I realized the benefits of struggling with the political and the societal issues that is America compared to dealing with a third world country. Okay. It's a difference. It's interesting that I can say that, but I can also critique the bullshit that this country puts people through. It's ridiculous. So we get to the crux of the issue. We had an election. <laughs> and I know many of you, especially those who listen to this, who will listen to this podcast, are conscious enough of the political spectrum that is going on and the political discourse has been going on for the past four years. And I don't care what side of the political spectrum that you are on. It doesn't matter what happened. Um, what's today? Today is what the ninth. Yeah. What happened three days ago <laughs> is the epitome of conspiracy theories, hateful rhetoric, bullshit lies perpetrated by the highest people in government like let's be frank the president of the united states has a what's the word i'm looking for he has a cult following him and i don't mean republican specifically no he has a cult the cult of Trump. And I loved how for four years, um, those on the right side of the spectrum 
political spectrum, that is. Love to talk about um, TDS, which stands for um, Trump Derangement Syndrome. And that was the fake disease they used to lobby at <laughs> those on the left when it came to their their anger. Most of the time, unwarranted anger at Trump because Trump is an idiot. He is stupid as fuck. He should have never been president. That being said, a lot of the anger that the left threw at him for his reckless mouth, his reckless candor and behavior was unwarranted. We gave the dude too much attention. Like this idea that presidents are celebrities, that they're Beyonce or Jay-Z, that they're cult-like figures is stupid. It's It goes against the very fabric of what America was supposed to be. Like no reverence for the president. The, this whole idea that you got to respect your president, that you got to, oh, bow and kiss the ring. Like they're not the Pope. You know, I'm a Catholic, but, you know, I wouldn't, even I wouldn't look at the Pope and be like, oh, you're God himself. No, what? You're human beings. I will never worship a human being unless it's Rihanna, because Rihanna deserves to be worshipped. Or Meg the Stallion, because, anyway, (laughs) the cult of Trump, because that's what I'm going to call him from now on, the cult of Trump is fueled by this sense of just grievance that they have not suffered. I don't care what Tucker Carlson tells you. I don't care what Ben Shapiro tells you. I don't care what Dave Rubin says. There is no grievance that they are fighting for. Who hurt you? No one. No one. You are attention-seeking children. Regardless of what the liberals and the left say, you or, I mean, what they do. You are attention-seeking babies. It's sad. It's ridiculous. No matter what side of the spectrum does this, it is ridiculous. For you guys to show up at the capital of our country and break in to Congress to vandalize and loot your own institution, meaning you may remember this is your institution. You vandalized and broke it for all the bullshit lobbied at the Black Lives Matter protests and the rioting that happened during it. Because let's be completely honest, the rioting happening during those protests, regardless of the fact if it was not the members of the protest happened during the protest, it tarnishes what those protests were about. And it's deplorable. It sucks. And it should be condemned no matter who you are. It does not change the fact that those protests had a meaning. The meaning of the protest that you just had was fabricated on lies and conspiracy theories. Who stole your election? You didn't vote enough. The proof is in the pudding. Even Hillary Clinton had 3 million more votes than Trump. Trump is not liked by the vast majority of the country. That's the proof. That's the proof. The proof was there four years ago. If we were basing the elections on popular vote, Trump lost both times. 
because we use the Electoral College, no matter your feelings about it, and no matter if you feel like it should be abolished or if it's the best thing to slice bread, he lost both times in the popular vote. So it's it's to, be, it's to be believed that the more people who vote, the more that would spread and remove his Electoral College win. It's common sense. He beat he beat Hillary Clinton because based off where the demographics who voted for him was, it let him win states. Regardless of the fact that she beat him by 3 million votes. And let's be completely honest, Hillary Clinton is a trash politician. She is. She is. She beat him by 3 million votes. If those 3 million votes were in the right place, she would have won. People are going to say, oh, well, Trump had um, record-breaking turnout. Yeah, so did the Democrats. That that cleared the spread, that that moved it around the board, that, that covered up the gaps. You lost. And, you, and because you can't understand how you lost, because there has to be some type of fraud happening. There had to be some type of mass conspiracy that stole your votes. What? So you go to the Capitol, and believe it or not, the certifying of the electors by Congress, um, by the state and the House, I mean, the Senate and the House, Jesus, is <laughs> ceremonial. It has it. It doesn't have any true power or meaning. It is a. It is a stopgap. It can correct an issue. So let's say some person, which hey, the way this country goes, the way the world is going, honestly, not just the country, it could happen in the future. Some fake um, candidate, and when I mean a fake, I do it in quotations because. If we have a candidate who's as who's bad enough to get on a national ticket and get enough votes that we sort of go to president, it's it's not fake. We did it to ourselves. But it's to stop tyrannical leaders from taking power. That's the only power that Congress can use to disenfranchise. And we've heard that word a lot during the past three months. Disenfranchise the American vote. That's the only thing that they can do. Other than that, what they did on the 6th is completely ceremonial. It wasn't going to change a single damn thing. It wasn't. No. And everyone who told you it could, that was all pipe dreams, hopes, and guesses about shit that they have no idea about. Those political pundits who are so intelligent and smart and who tell you about ways that you're... you're President King can stay for another four years and then get Ivanka to do another four and then get Eric Trump to do another four and Donald Jr. another four and then Barron will be old enough and he can do another four and then maybe Melania will come and she'll do four and it'll be the great Trump dynasty. Wow. We're fucking lying to you. Same way CNN, MSNBC, Fox, the same way those people rely on a president being volatile, a president being different, a president doing things that they 
weren't expected to do for their ratings. It's the same way these online pundits need their president to do the same fucking thing. They are news sources. I hate this idea of mainstream medium media. It's a talking point that political pundits and I mean independent political pundits love to throw around and cast around as if they're fighting a good fight. No, you are media. Fuck out of here. Because you're not mainstream, you think you're cool? You're not an underground rapper? What? A, a true underground rapper stays underground. He releases mixtapes. He sells his he 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 um cuts his gums and teeth on the grind. You guys are mainstream media. Your name is spoken about as much as a Tucker Carlson. And I'm talking about liberal and conservative. You are mainstream media. It doesn't matter. You are selling yourself to the masses. Just like CNN does for the advertisers. Just like Fox does for the advertisers. You're selling yourself to the masses and you are lying to people about his chances of winning. You've lied for four years about the greatness that is Trump. He is not. He is an American president. He is beholden to the House and the Senate. What? Just like Obama, just like Bush, just like freaking Clinton. They are beholden to the other two branches of the fucking United States of America. And I don't mean the House of Senate are too different. I know the difference. Shut up. So you sat there for the last three months, chalking up weird conspiracy theories, some worse than QAnon. And one day I'll talk about QAnon because those people are batshit fucking crazy. You drummed up these weird political ideologies and these weird political male, uh, Hail Marys that he could somehow win. Every day, moving the goalposts further and further, just like the Russia investigation, moving the goalposts over and over again. To prove what? To have crazy people storm Capitol buildings. And this is just theater to me. This is just hilarity to me. I'm not looking at this fearful for this country because... I won't live long enough for you guys to destroy this country. I won't. I will not be around for the downfall that is America. Because like Rome, all things must end in some way or the other. Your fear of a global economy, a global market, you're already sitting in a global government. You're stupid if you think we govern alone. Meaning we govern with no influence for outside countries. Yes, we do. Yes, we fucking do. This whole the Alex Jones idea that the globalists, the globalists are coming to get us. What? We've been in a globalist economy for as long as I've known. For as long as you've been alive. For you to sit there and believe for a moment, a moment, that you that Trump was somehow going to win four years? No. No. It doesn't even matter with the pandemic. Because I've seen that point also that if it wasn't for the pandemic, Trump would have won. No, he he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. Because the people who did not vote last time during the Hillary and um, Trump in 2016, 
people who didn't vote those times is because there's a misconception when it comes to polling where polls polls do accurately depict um winners of elections the issue with polling is that because of the sample size you're assuming a certain amount of people are going to come and vote if those amount of people don't come in to vote then the poll doesn't work 2016 hillary was projected to win you constantly hammered that in hillary's going to win hillary's going to win hillary's going to win not take into the fact that she's and this idea that she was highly unliked is stupid too i don't believe that either it's not that she was highly unliked. There was just no excitement to go do it. It's like when, think of it this way. When it's a presidential election, if I was in a state that was New Jersey, so let's say I was in Florida or PA or Georgia, shit, especially Georgia because all eyes on Georgia. If I was in a state like that, if I wasn't in New Jersey, I'd care more about an election. New Jersey is not turning red. Why? I don't care. I, I, I don't care about voting in a federal election in a nationwide election for a president that's not going to be decided by my state. That's the issue with voting. There's no incentive to vote. So because there's no incentive to vote, the idea that Hillary Clinton was the least popular candidate makes very little sense. It's just that we didn't care. The same news media that was telling us over and over and over and over again that Hillary Clinton is going to win. Fucked it. Just like how you guys been fucking it for four years now in Trump's presidency, giving him more grief and power than he actually has. You fucked it. If you had given any type of sense of urgency and given the American people the idea that, hey, this can go away. You don't want it. Maybe they would have came out and voted. Just, hey, just my fucking opinion. As a standard American who's only lived here his whole goddamn life. Maybe they would have came out and we would have had the last four years. We would have had four years of annoyance because let's, what was Hillary Clinton going to do? The same shit every president does. Nothing fucking important. It's not FDR. It's not the days of the past where things could radically change quickly. No, everyone's a little too smart. <laughs> as stupid as everyone is, people are a little too smart. Shit's just not going to happen. You're not going to be able to bully your way through important decisions. Even Trump couldn't do it. No. The only thing that passed in the past four years is whatever Mitch McConnell wanted. Because the powers lie in the Senate. In the Congress, the power lies within them. They have, they control the drawstrings. They control the legislative branch. They are the legislative branch. They make the laws, not the president. The president is a figurehead. He signs whatever he has to sign. When was the last time a president literally did not sign something and we were screwed? No, because that's, that doesn't make sense because the president is also the leader of his party. He has to follow the company line. He has to tow the fucking line. Trump stopped towing the line at the last month of the, the, his presidency because he knew it was over. Trump knew it was over November 3rd. He knew it was over. Because the amount of people who voted covered the spread that was missing in 2016. 
That's it. And I'm not I'm not a political science major. I don't know all the polling. I watch I listen and listen. I listen and watch what I want to. I look at it as theater. And the writers for this season of American politics has went batshit crazy because a woman died in the Capitol. She got shot in the neck by either Secret Service Capitol or the Capitol Police. Who knows? And every political pundit, the president, certain Republicans are at fault for that. Clear as day. That's like saying that he they can't be at fault, but Charles Manson is still in prison for crime for deaths he didn't actually commit. Yeah, we still call him a serial killer, don't we? <laughs> and now once did he kill anyone? That dude deserves to be in jail for the rest of life, which he will be. Same thing with the fucking Republicans. Same thing with President Trump. Same thing for all those freaking pundits. You deserve the backlash that you most likely will not constructively get. But I think I've said enough. I think (laughs) I just... 2020 was a roller coaster of a year. 2021 does not seem any fucking better. Actually, next episode I do, I'm going to go over all the big things in 2020. Just so you understand, just so you could fully see, fuck, a lot of shit happened. Like, we know a lot of shit happened, but it's it's in so many broken contexts because of all the things that we've had to deal with. It's not, it's not really in the forefront of our mind how much shit we went through. Something simple, some things that matter only to a, a certain few. And I don't mean just in America, I mean in the world. It's just that 2020 was a year to fucking remember. And if what happened on January 6th is any indication of 2021, this shit's going to be funny. I foresee the pandemic ending in the next, not ending, but becoming way more manageable in the next four months, four or five months. And this summer will be a shitstorm people will not know how to act because more people will be allowed to be out and about to enjoy the summer, to enjoy parties, to enjoy clubbing, to enjoy all that shit. And we are going to lose our collective minds. And I'm all here for it. (laughs) Invite me to every fucking cookout. I will go. Introvert Phil is out the window. I will go to every goddamn cookout you have. I don't give a fuck what the state is. As long as you have liquor, because I don't go to places if there's no liquor. Oh, you know what? 2021 just started. Let me make this blanket set, uh, announcement to all my friends and family and acquaintances. Remember, I don't want to go to your function if I can't drink. I'm not an alcoholic. I just need something to help stomach a lot of you people. <sighs> anyway, that's it. That's it for this episode. I'm done. I will go over the comments because I did ask in my Instagram post. Hey. Leave me any comments, questions, or topics when we go over. And I got one comment from my boy, Phil, that just says, fuck you. <laughs> so, I, you know, I asked for comments. That's a comment he want to give. Fuck you too, Phil. All right? You bargain bin, Sean Paul looking, Mr. Worldwide, pit bull ass motherfucker. I hate you. 
go check him out. I think his Instagram is the filler effect. So uh, T H E F I L L E R effect. Um, I think he's going to be starting to do like workout programs and, you know, videos and shit like that. Definitely go check him out. He is an interesting character. He's not all there in the head, but I love him nonetheless. But other than that, hey guys, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I might make a Snapchat. I'm having OnlyFans for the podcast. I don't know what a podcast would do on an OnlyFans. Maybe strip down the mic to its skibbies and whatever. <laughs> Model it that way. But um, I am going to be adding this podcast finally to Spotify. That's going to take a while, though. So you can always find us on... Um, you can always check our Instagram or Twitter to figure out. Or if you need to reach out to me, to reach out to me on either one of those we posted on the beginning of this episode, but um, I can always see if there's any other play- platforms you want this on YouTube. That's always a possibility. That's a little weird because I don't record these video wise, but hey, I'll post this shit anywhere you want, guys. It is I've been a pleasure letting me into your ears tonight. It has been a crazy year. I will. I don't want to make promises and say that I will be recording these every week like I'm supposed to. But as of right now, I am feeling motivated and confident. This new setup has me excited. It has me raring to go. We're going to have a great fucking 2021. Even if the world burns, we're going to laugh all the fucking way. Good night.